to Spex Lessons, mishmash collation of diary entries written by a single generation Y weirdo with a blank book as a best friend. First things first, I'm the realist. No, um, first things first, I want to apologise for not posting an episode last week. I had a little bit of time off from my full-time job and I really wanted to whoop it up in terms of graphic designing and filming a load of episodes and like I had all the planning sorted out but then I ended up sleeping instead. So to make up for it because I feel absolutely It's rude to tell people, uh, I'll see you next week and then I just don't turn up. I am filming two episodes. Um, I don't really, I don't, I don't want to see it as a bonus episode. It's more of a, one is a context episode and then it will then segue. Because I realised that I never really gave context about how I ended up dating Eric and first boyfriends and stuff because although this is a advice podcast that intertwines my personal diary entries it does kind of have to make sense and it just kind of went from zero to 30 to 400 very quickly and I realise that now so this week is all about boys uh, principally college. College being the two years after finishing secondary school, so from the ages of 16 to 18. And I'm splitting it over the two episodes because it is, it, it was longer than I thought it was at the time. Um, and I didn't write anything about my academic feats I didn't write a damn thing about the girls I met I just wrote about boys this episode contains abuse scenes of a distressing nature sexual content and some strong language I lost my virginity I'd say two weeks before I started college And I was so excited I got here. First of all, I didn't really talk when I got to college because everybody was speaking in slangs that I had never heard before. Oh, and if you hear my voice sounding odd and my S's are dragging, it's because my wisdom tooth has decided to make an appearance um, and it really wants to get to know my cheek and I'm really not enjoying it. So I'm sorry in advance. Although it was a little bit arduous to begin with, I did eventually find my footing and planted my feet firmly within a few different social circles. Within those social circles, I met a few different frogs that I ended up kissing here and there until I met my Prince Charming for the interim. So without further ado, let's let's get into it. Let's get cracking. Tuesday, March the 26th, 2013. I went out with one of Sinead's friends, 
he said he was going to film videos for YouTube, which were cringy as hell. I can't understand why anyone likes Van Banter's videos, but I still agreed. His name is Malcolm and he is quite funny. We walked around for hours with one of his mates and then I got home and he told me he liked me. I don't know for the life of me why I said I liked him back because I don't. But it's not official so it's not that deep. Wednesday the 1st of May 2013. So, Malcolm. M. Fascination with the breasts knows how to shut me up. Neck kissing turned to neck biting very fast. Like, seriously. He's a savage freak. I'm so gentle compared to him. He bit my bum today. Not nice. My neck is constantly swollen, in pain and red. Oh yeah, and he has a six pack. He watches a lot of anime. And we're always FaceTiming. Sometimes it's a bit much. I can't lie, but it's really fun watching films together. I still am pissed about the whole not paying for me on a date. Even me dropping £8 in coins and varying denominations in the canteen didn't make him get the hint. Tuesday the 4th of June 2013. You see, the thing is he's annoying. Super annoying. And I literally don't have the patience to deal with him due to the fact that he's stupid and lazy. I can see myself as a friend, but the lines are so blurred, it's literally impossible now. What a waste. Ugh. Note to self, do not mess about with BTEC guys. Please. No. For fuck's sake. I've never been involved with someone as dopey as this. Funny. This was the first time I had asked that dreaded question that anybody who's ever dealt with any other human being in a romantic sense, but not set out the lines in the sand has had to ask what are we what are we doing here and he said that i was just his friend after hunting me down telling me i like you i was so embarrassed that i couldn't even i couldn't even bring myself to write down that that's what he'd done i was too yeah i guess i was too shy to Tell him exactly how I felt and tell him where to stick it. Of course, I didn't like him to begin with and he had pursued me. So I saw it in a way of, well, I can't really be angry at him because I didn't like him. So maybe he does think that we're friends. But then at the same time, at this point, I've now caught feelings. I spend a lot of time with this one boy. And it's almost as if I was stuck. But I was too shy to express my frustration and to express my anger because understand I felt like he was punching I was way too good for him in my eyes like I was a lot smarter than him I knew what I wanted to do in my future I was in demand in my opinion obviously now I know that's really quite unfair you can't really be saying things like that about people and I don't have anything against people that want to be doing BTECs. There's nothing wrong with a BTEC. Nothing special about doing A-levels or a BTEC. Because flash, flash, flash. I failed my A-levels anyway. So my college had a poetry anthology going on. And they were 
trying to get people to submit poetry about war but me not having anywhere to really vent and not being able to speak to people about this situation ship that I'd gotten myself into I decided I was going to write a poem and get it published in the anthology as like a statement to tell him where to stick it what are you thinking a question so out of place my chin rested against your shoulder I'm sinking I'm thinking I'm wrapping my head around the notion platonic whilst in your arms your voice our voice what a sound not forgetting those lips fusing with mine hands confused fingernails tracing patterns in your skin how can I answer the feeling is undefined my neck laced with pain delicious ecstasy written across my collarbones my chest your fascination so simple yet so vain I turn hurricanes in your eyes the ravenous fire roaring through my thighs dripping away numb I shouldn't be it's not hard for me to see I'm nothing special to you I'm just a friend but being 17 and your first experience of being let down by a guy being a guy that you didn't even like was extremely confusing but also I guess gave me the <laughs> chut spa to decide that I was gonna fuck his friend Thursday the 12th of September 2013 I'm not sure what it is what it was or what I thought it would be. It all started on June the 20-something. This guy, we speak, but that's it. We speak. Bearing in mind, I still talked to Malcolm. Sorry, spoke. Past tense. It was weird. It was normal, but so, so weird. On that day, we kissed. His lips were soft. Incredibly it was weird to kiss someone softly without the pent-up passion or frustration that I usually lace mine with. Reading tweets with his face and my twins. My huge thighs encasing his lap. The heat far from erotic, rather comfortable and ordinary. Don't move, it's warm, he said. Even the sex, or the deed, shall I call it, was friendly. Injected with light-hearted humour and those challenges. Fever and deep throat interesting combination the little compliments and meaning conversation he'd say you have a nice body shape i saw when you were on the floor and those day-long whatsapp sessions a way to enjoy revenge or simply see what it was like my thighs stuck together braids playing tricks all that eye makeup making its way down my face it was hot the day down my throat twice, stomach ache and boondocks, braids out, natural feels, well, he was feeling it, so was Malcolm. Then the nudes came, chocolate brown, his chest and mine. I never knew my body could be so fascinating. He made it a wallpaper. This opened an insatiable monster hungry for me. Only me. In his bed at least. Then the careful planning, the coaxing and the beginning of the end. That first time, he opened the door and commented on my hair. My biggest twist out fan. 
I was comfortable, strangely, as he removed and undid. The next hour was a blur. That was a lie. The next hour was insane, otherworldly, amazing, so much it hurt. I was hooked and our friendship stayed as it was. I didn't fall for him because I was over that. I was happy being what we were. After, he held me in front of the mirror. A weird thing boys do. That started August. Our weekly vicious sessions, followed by recovery on Vine and Twitter. Then, round two. Games, sweat, rhythm, names, moans, so perfect, so right, but it became static. When are you free? It became like practice. I became an object. The more my friends probed, the more distant he became. We no longer spoke. He no longer joked. Every time I left, I was met with, I never want to see you again. But I still went back. Five weeks, I waited. Then I went back. He opened the door and hit me. After looking me up and down. We spoke. Normal. The sweat. Normal. But he was only practising. Test driving me. He was telling me what to do. Telling me to stop. I finished. He finished. He wouldn't let me on the bed. He hit me again. Insulted me. Once. Twice. How many times? I did and put on. He insulted me. I asked for my glasses. He insulted me. I told him I was leaving. He clamped me down. Pulled me down. Pushed my head. He insulted me. Told me to get out. I obeyed. My heart was heavy as I closed that door. My heart is still heavy as I write this down. I will never go back. Never, ever. Tuesday the 26th of November 2013. Maybe the hormones I'm taking are having an effect on me. He can have me, literally. I am aching. It's been almost two months. Am I aching for him or the sin? I need him in me, on me. Oh my God, I have this sick feeling in my stomach, like only him. He's buff, to be honest. I caught him looking. Operation be buff when he's around is working. If he messages me, God knows I'll be there, only with an apology. Any will do. I think I'm in love with what we do, how he makes me feel, not who he is. I don't know who's going to speak first. I'm in dire need of his D. It's like, he's just perfect. I think he's the one that made me more aware that my body's beautiful. He's so immature, but so mature in bed so aware of what i like golden rule of make her come first and almighty stamina the things he's taught me oh my goodness he may be so comfortable taught me insane pleasure showered me with dumb compliments i never accepted he gets off to what he can see i think he's so beautiful his chest blood clark god it's so buff it's not built as such but it's hard and yummy his arms those arms i always hold he's slim but he's got muscle he's gotten bigger i think well i hope i want to see hold touch scratch he's weird like he keeps looking at me but he won't say anything to me he won't text me nothing 
I think the first and most important thing to say when addressing this situation is I didn't do anything wrong. Anybody that is abused hasn't done anything to deserve the person to physically or emotionally abuse them. The mistake that I did make was going back. But I think with situations like this, you can rationalise it in your mind. You can say, well, it happened that one time and maybe I did something to upset him. Um, Maybe I shouldn't have told my friends about him because it's not as if we were dating and it was a fun thing and I messed it up. So maybe he was stressed out. All of these things are completely unacceptable, but we rationalise in our minds and then we go back. Because this guy had not addressed or apologised for his actions on this particular occasion, I was left feeling as though I didn't have any closure and I didn't know how to move on from it. And then I also felt like I had nothing to show for me trying to rebound my rebound, except for a wet ass and a bruised ego. But what I understand now is that I should have spoken to somebody about it. I should have spoken to someone higher up about it and not been so scared and not felt as though I was partially responsible for him abusing me because that's not the case. It's never the case. So, you went to town on Saturday to revise. Tell me what you did. Talked about sex. With a boy you said you'd never deal with in any way. Allowed him to kiss you once, kissed him twice, and made out for an insane amount of time. A great makeout session, nonetheless. He doesn't really use too much tongue, but he's good. Very good. He's his own hype man with good cause. It was all very arousing, seriously. This better not be the beginning of the end. I ain't fucking him. Dear Specs, let this be a lesson to you. You play with fire, you get burnt. No, really. You got a burn. How? You're not so sure yet, but it's all 40% sorted. You haven't spoken to him since Monday, but you feel like crap. Yesterday, you went to town. You also spoke to Keith, the other guy who you actually really like. The key is actually really like. Not he wants you. Bronze Goddess 01 done told you, silly girl. Why should I give my body away? You don't deserve my body. From when he asked you if it was tight, you should have aired his life. This other guy is hot, like mega. I'm proud to show him off to my friends. He's also very sweet. He talks a lot. He has curly hair, for goodness sake. He's a virgin. All such amazing, beautiful qualities. Don't ever do this again. Not only was it the worst 30 seconds of your life and the best 7 minutes of this year, you have nothing with him and his little ho-slag man-whore life. I really, really hope he gets an STD in uni and I really hope I'm okay, in all senses. Went out to Central with Kaylee. We went shopping in Carnaby Street, obviously, and Oxford Street. It was proper nice just to catch up. I bought way too much shit, but it was all so cute, so it's going to be a myth to return it all. The lighting in Lazy Oak is goat. 
My rig is so cute. Black hair makes my skin look so bright and I never thought that a pixie would suit me. I told her I wanted to be an American apparel worker but I'm too short and dark. She thinks I'd have a good shot. Easy for you to say when you're practically a model. I kept telling her I thought I was pregnant and bless her, she tried and so hard to reassure me. I told her how the whole Jonathan thing went down and she thinks he's a weirdo. Me too. She told me to buy and take a test, which was negative, but I still had a really weird feeling. The food for lunch was trash, but I just don't want summer to end. Second set to go home, 24 hours, 4 weeks after. Central London, Marie Stokes, Tuesday 11.30, 108 Whitfield Street, London, W1T5BE, Warren Street, nearest station, turn right, next right, into Grafton, next right. 9.20am, Wednesday, through the glass door on the left, continue along, conservatory, turn left, take a seat in the waiting room. Medication. 90 minutes in. Saturday the 30th of August 2014. So basically, I've been doing nothing. So I didn't write. Lol, I always want to use emojis when I write in here. Ugh. I saw Alina and Holly on Wednesday. It's so odd to think that I'm not going to be able to see them for ages. And that the onus is on me to contact them. Got my relaxer. Now, hopefully, I'll have enough energy to co-wash and deep condition my hair and re-dye that orange mess. I still have to see when to call Maidstone. I fully need to work on being able to talk to people, not be scared. I'm literally a nervous wreck on the phone. I've been quite depressed in amongst trying to force myself to believe that July never happened. I just keep getting hit with the reality that this is really happening and everything that I told myself came true. I just didn't have the mental willpower and wasn't looking to Jehovah for advice. Asking my mum, speaking to my dad even. And I would never have been in this situation. I just need to forget. Forever. I wholly believe that women are beautiful, magical and complex creatures of creation and we know our bodies. So even though my friend tried so hard to reassure me that I wasn't pregnant, it's almost like I just knew. I did everything I was supposed to do. I took the morning off the pill. I took the pregnancy test. And everything was negative. Everything seemed to be going right. I let my doctor know when I felt like something was up. But everyone kept telling me that it was all fine. Nothing was wrong. I was so, so hesitant to put this part within my podcast. I ummed and ahed. And ultimately, I thought that it would be the best way for you guys to get to know me. I'm not trying to capitalise off black trauma because I think that is disgusting how certain parts of the media just want the overwhelming sense of black people to be oh slavery bad things happen death police brutality 
these are realities that we face and that we live through. Once the conversation started to be had, then more people could start to compare and possibly change could happen. I care so much about women's rights and young girls and young black girls. Abortion is not spoken about. Abortion is not spoken about enough. Our reproductive rights and our reproductive health is something that is so taboo that when something like this happens, you don't know what to do. I was told that I would eventually forget about it and, you know, the guy, I didn't care about him and I shouldn't keep the baby because I wanted, I should have a child with somebody who I care about. So I was stuck within this rock and a hard place of, well, I was on that fooled around with him. Albeit, I didn't know that we actually had sex because his dick was so small that I thought it was his fingers. And then later on when he told me, well, this is what's happened. We had sex and like I ejaculated within you. All the alarm bells started going off in my head. Now, this has happened so many years ago now. I still think about it. Not every day, but often. It's not something you can forget. It's definitely something that you must acknowledge in order to be able to move on. I couldn't write, I was feeling guilty. Because just like a romantic love that you lose, you know that you are always going to have feelings for that person. It's so much more when it's a love for an unborn child and when you know that you are meant to protect your child and when you start thinking about what could have been it just became so overwhelming and the fact that I had to keep this secret and it was so taboo I couldn't I couldn't tell my mum and dad because I come from an extremely devout both Christian and African household where I was taught from a young age and I'd seen examples of girls that had gotten pregnant and been kicked out of their houses and I didn't know what to do I really wanted to go to university so I tried my hardest to take on that woman's advice when she told me to forget about it but well the other thing I knew was that I couldn't continue with my normal path of if I feel bad fall into the arms of another guy because at this point I had realized how self-destructive this path was and I would either end up pregnant again or continue being gravely unhappy and I really didn't want that anymore. for making it to the end of the episode I know that this week has been um, a lot more heavier in terms of subject matter but that is how life is and it's easy to show things as being rosy posy and just be funny all the time but that's what I really like about diary entries and journaling you remember everything the bad stuff and the good 
but as the format of the show dictates I have a few lessons for you my first lesson is always ask the question always ask what is this where are we going before you get into bed because once you have sex everything gets so confusing if he tells you I want to see where this goes I want to go with the flow you dip if the person tells you that they're not sure that they just want to get to know you get to know them but keep your clothes on my second lesson would be to acknowledge your trauma and try to stay away from people that make you feel emotionally or physically weak because whether it's a committed relationship or something that's casual you should always feel good within that um, union and if you don't feel good then you either have to tell somebody speak about it with the person or just leave and when it comes to rebounding in order to get over it I don't recommend it because rebounding means that you're just bouncing your emotions onto different people but really we have to feel the pain and I think our generation has this um, addiction to instant gratification we can get anything that we want so quickly but when it comes to emotions it's not like that you have to feel the pain you have to go through the trauma and just know that eventually you will come out on the other side it's not simple and definitely if you can't get through it yourself I advise you to look into therapy and don't minimize your feelings because there is this perception that abuse is only being really really hit and whacked around but at any point when you feel uncomfortable you know that it's wrong and you know that the other person knows that it's wrong as well you need to continue to make a fuss until somebody listens here we have women's aid and there are many many um, resources for women that have been abused and I will be speaking about that in future episodes and my final lesson for all my ladies that have had abortions um, is to give yourself grace it's so easy to feel incredibly guilty and like you're a murderer and like you failed your child and you failed your mission as a person and holding on to that guilt for me held me back for a very very long time and I was doing a lot of um, self-destructive practices because of the fact that I felt like I couldn't I didn't deserve good things because I'd done the worst thing that you could possibly do don't keep it to yourself do not listen to people that tell you to forget about it or you will forget about it because that's not the case it will hurt it's the most painful thing that you will ever go through but as long as you have 
a very good base of support around you, whether that is your family or your friends, make sure that you don't go through it alone. Now, I don't want to keep on going too deep into it. Um, There is an amazing podcast called The Abortion Diary, and it takes stories from women all around the world in different situations um, speaking about their abortion stories and it's another way to not just raise awareness but to bring the taboo into the forefront to bring the conversation to the mainstream and I really recommend that you guys check it out and as always at the end of an episode I really would like it if you let me know how you feel about this episode um drop me a message the best and easiest way to connect with me is on instagram at spec sessions but i'm also on twitter i'm also on facebook i really want to know if any of you guys write diaries or have written diary entries yeah so stay tuned for the next episode it is a follow-up to this one I hope you enjoy your week or the rest of your day. Ciao!